0: Hi, I'm Pastor Kenneth Olusaya of the Vivified Ministries, and it is my joy that your heart is awakened to the finished works of Christ with such powerful simplicity. Are you ready? All right, here we go. So we're going to start Bible study right away. All right, we're going to start studying the Bible right away. And um, just as a reminder, we're still in the... um, We're still in the teaching series, Asking for a Friend. Uh, So far, it's been exciting. So far, it's been just amazing. It's been awesome, right? There are a lot of questions that we have, and a lot of questions, even more so, that people on the outside have. People who don't believe in Christianity and believe in what we believe. We have friends who ask us questions. And the reason this series is here is to equip you with the best knowledge, the best ways to answer these questions, right? And and that's what this is all about, all right? So uh, today's teaching, look, I'm going to be as quick as possible. I'm going to say a lot of things, but I want you to follow with everything that is being said, all right? Um, So the teaching uh, for today is titled, Is There Anything Wrong?, with abortion, is there anything wrong with abortion? And this is a very sensitive issue. It's a very sensitive topic because um, a lot of people seem to to feel that the Bible is no longer relevant in this generation. And the reason why they say this is because in past generations, um, you know, the Bible was. Very relevant because it was written in those eras, the classical age was relevant in the modern age. But we're in the postmodern age, this is an age of so much innovation. This is the 21st century, generation Z is here, you know. And and this is a generation where things that are old seem too old, right? The 21st century has to be the most advanced and fastest advancing. Um gener- century of all time, and so when I look at the Bible, they're like these things that I see in the Bible. They are not so relevant today, and simply because there have been a lot of technological advances that it seems the Bible can't even catch up to. And you know, you can think of a lot of things. For example, the internet. You can have the Bible talk about how to use the internet. Um, because at the time of the Bible was written, the internet didn't exist or how to use smartphones or how to drive cars. You know, although the Bible said that the, the apostles, you know, were in one accord, you know, Honda Accord, just saying, uh, <laughs> that was a bad joke. But then, you know, the Bible seems to be silent on several issues. That, that's what I'm trying to say. It seems like the Bible uh, doesn't talk too much on certain issues because they went, it's, it seems like it's not so relevant today. But we're going to find out if that really is true. And this is one of those subject matters because you won't see a chapter, something verse something telling you abortion is right or abortion is wrong. You know, thou shall not abort your baby. You can't see that in the Bible. Uh, you might not see it. it's a definitive, explicit text saying that. You know, but we, we need to look at it. Does the Bible actually offer any guidance on, on subject matters like this? So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give some education on what abortion is. I'm gonna give you some statistics as well. I'm gonna give you an overview of what abortion is all about. We'll look at the, 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 the good sides, the bad sides, if there are any, and we'll come to a conclusion on what the Bible says about abortion. Are you ready? Do you have your writing materials there with you? Because you're going to need this all through. You're going to write some very important things. Alright, so let's start here. Abortion. Abortion. Abortion, what is it? Um, simple definition. We don't want to go with a definition that says abortion is killing a child. That sounds brutal. Um, it, it's not going to fly. It's not politically correct. Um, abortion is the termination of a pregnancy by removal or expulsion of an embryo or fetus. I'm going to take that again. Abortion is the termination of a pregnancy by removal or expulsion of an embryo or fetus. Fetus is spelled F-O-E-T-U-S or F-E-T-U-S depending on whether you're British or American. But um, F O E T U S would, would suffice. Right? So there is something called spontaneous ab- abortion, which a lot of us know as miscarriage. This is what happens um, in 30 to 40% of pregnancies where um, somehow spontaneously the baby um, doesn't make it, sadly, the embryo or the fetus doesn't develop into a full blown baby it's called a miscarriage that's the spontaneous abortion but there this kind of abortion i'm talking about is the induced abortion it's the intentional one it's the one where there's a decision to end the pregnancy and the there modern methods of, of accomplishing this whether you're using medication or you're using surgery for the abortions right but that's what it is it's simply terminating a pregnancy by removal or expulsion of the embryo or fetus. That's what it is. That's the simplest definition that I can give you. But I want to give you some statistics, right? I want to show you some downsides of abortion. Um, Some facts from the World Health Organization, WHO. um, It says that 45% of all abortions are unsafe. 45, that's almost half of all abortions are considered unsafe, and it's especially in developing countries, right? Like developing nations that um, third world countries, uh, a lot of the, the abortions are unsafe. Um, another statistic you need to know is that 121 million pregnancies are unintended. This is as at last year. 121 million pregnancies are unintended each year. So, that means 6 out of 10 of these pregnancies um, end in induced abortion. Right? 6 out of 10 of pregnancies end in induced abortion. Uh, this is These this numbers are are huge. Um, and, in fact, talking about unsafe abortion, uh, the disadvantage to it is that unsafe abortion leads to many health re- health risks, immediate health risks. We're talking death, of course. Um, it's it's not a surprise that if abortion is not carried out well, if it's done in an unsafe environment with unsafe procedures, it's going to end sometimes in death. It could also lead to long-term complications. Uh, it could affect the woman's physical and mental health and, and her well-being throughout her life's course, right? It, it has financial implications and, and a lot of other things. So these statistics... Don't look so good, they really don't look so good. It's it seems like a risky business, right? And of course, it affects just majorly not just but majorly it affects women because they are the ones who get pregnant. I'm still yet to find a man who got pregnant. If you find one, let me know. But yeah, this is this is really about the woman, right? Um, there, there are a lot of statistics that I still want to mention. Uh, let me, let me see let me see where where can I start uh, Do you know that regarding this abortion issue um, there have been like an estimated 9,000 uh, rape victims that get pregnant each year um, yeah so because abortion is not just terminating a pregnancy because you feel like, there are certain reasons why you will take that step, which we will talk about even further. One of which is rape. In a rape situation, and I'm sure some of your friends would like to know the answers. Maybe you too would like to know the answer. What happens in a situation of rape? What happens when someone is taken advantage of and their innocence taken from them, but in the process, they get pregnant. 9,000 rape victims every year get pregnant. That's huge. There are 100,000 cases of incest that occur yearly. 100,000 cases of incest. And incest simply means sexual relations with a family member, a relative, someone you're related to by blood. Um, yeah, and then two-thirds of teenage pregnancies are not planned, right? Because many don't have adequate access to contraceptives. So, teenage two-thirds of teenage pregnancies... Are not planned, and, and of course, as expected, um, it's, it's rare to find people who want to be pregnant um, during their teenage age, except they are married, right? Um, but yeah, so when you look at this, it sounds like why would anybody want to even commit abortion? Why on earth would anyone want to take this step with hearing about the risks involved and how it's unsafe? And 45% of of, of, of abortions are. Unsafe. What What do we do with this? Let me tell you the appeal of abortion. Let me tell you why people are drawn to. It. I hope you're following. I promise you. You need to hear this because you're gonna you're going to help someone else. Right. Before we continue, before I tell you about what makes abortion attractive, you need to remember that we're we're standing upon First Peter three fifteen. And if you follow this long enough, you, you know what that is by heart. If, if you are here, with, if you can hear me now, you can just recite it with me as I'm reciting this. First Peter 3, 15. This is what it says. One, two, go. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you in reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. We've said that... Um, you being been able to give an answer to people who ask questions about your faith, about your hope. Um, it's an act of sanctification. It's an act of revering God so highly in your heart that you're willing to defend him. You're willing to give people answers, you know, that God wants them to have. And that's so beautiful. Uh, our second scripture is Colossians chapter 4. I hope you haven't forgotten so quickly. Colossians chapter 4 from verse 5. six, It says, walk in wisdom towards them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Isn't that beautiful? So it's telling you that you need to know how to give people the right answers. And and I, I tell you, by the end of this teaching, you're going to have not just the right answers, the questions but the right approach all right so stay tuned don't touch that dial (laughs) don't go anywhere just pay attention all right um so here's the appeal of abortion this is what makes abortion inviting um when properly done abortion is actually one of the safest procedures in medicine and this this is a real fact When properly done And this is in mostly developed countries When it is done well Abortion is one of the safest procedures In medicine Right? Of course unsafe abortion is a major cause of Maternal death But um, Safe abortion Making safe abortion legal um, And making it accessible Has reduced a lot of maternal Deaths across the world because people would want to take abortion, but when it's safe, it's actually one of the safest procedures. And this is a funny fact, which you might find very strange, but it's true. It is safer than childbirth. In fact, childbirth has been said to be 14 times you know, at a higher risk of death than abortion. So what that means is that Giving birth to a child is actually riskier than aborting a child. That's the statistics that we have. And, and, and that sounds very inviting, right? This is the appeal of abortion that it's actually safe. If it's done well, it's actually safe. And it's not as risky as actually giving birth to the child. Another appeal I'll mention is that it, it helps relieve a person of some responsibility. If you have a child, it changes everything. You know of people, I also know of someone personally who was in school, had their whole life ahead of them, but made some mistakes and got pregnant in the process. And because of that, she had to drop out of school. She she had, it's sad, it's really sad because the guy went ahead, you know, to still do well academically. Um, sadly, he didn't take responsibility for the baby. Um, which we you know happens a lot, but she had to go through that. She had to stop her academics for a while. Um, she had to take care of a new child that, you know, you know, she, she went ahead to have the child anyways. You know, but imagine that you don't have to be saddled with that responsibility. Imagine that you don't have to drop out of school. Imagine that you can just go ahead with your life like nothing happened. That's an appeal. It, it, it relieves people of responsibility. It helps them move ahead. It helps them, you know, not have something weighing them down. Not just physically in the tummy, but uh, also uh, significantly not having anything weigh them down. So, that's the appeal of abortion. So, now that you have this noted, I, I want to explain some terms to you that... Uh, you need to know to understand the 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 concept of conception (laughs) to know the concept of conception to know the concept of pregnancy you need to know these terms Uh, and if you're weird and you get queasy you know weirded out by some of these things all this biological sex education things don't worry you're not alone we're gonna get this we're gonna get through this together I promise okay are you ready (laughs) Alright, don't be shy um, The first thing I'm going to define for you is sperm, right? Sperm, and I'm sure a lot of us know what that is It's the male reproductive cell um, Also called spermatozoa uh, The ovum O-V-U-M No, not that machine you use to bake cake no, Not that The ovum O-V-U-M it's the, it's the egg cell It's the female reproductive cell Right? Um and then there's a term called fertilization. Fertilization simply means um, it, it involves a sperm fusing with an ovum, right? Um, it, it's, the, the most common sequence is when um, copulation or sexual intercourse happens. And um, when the man ejaculates, the sperm fuses with the ovum and fertilization happens, Right? when fertilization happens a few weeks after actually two weeks after that an embryo is formed and and an embryo is the early stage of human development in which organs are critical uh, and critical body structures are formed all right so during two weeks after fertilization an embryo is being formed organs are being developed you know and, and and structures are coming into place then on uh, the, the ninth week of, of the development, um, the embryo um, becomes a fetus, right? Remember I said that abortion is the termination um, of a pregnancy by the expulsion of the, the, the embryo or the fetus. So the embryo is like the smaller one at two weeks old. And, and the fetus is at nine weeks old, right? Um, That's really what it is You have a 36 week pregnancy That's 9 months So at the ninth week You have the fetus start to develop That's where more um, sensitive organs um, Start to take shape The the body structure starts to get even more mature And of course we have the human child Which is um, the, The definition of a human child Is any offspring life That is formed by the union of opposite-sex humans, right? So now that you have this down, you know about the sperm, the ovum, fertilization, embryo, fetus, and human child, this will help you process the the idea of abortion, help you understand at what point really is a child or, um, you know, an embryo alive? When does a child actually start life? And when is a... a, is a does the, 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 the fetus in the womb when does it actually have life in it? Right. So um yeah just so you know there are two major arguments on abortion today we have two major sides on on the scale of abortion the first side is number one we have pro-choice pro-choice some of you know what this is it's it's the liberal side you know, of the constitution is the legal side, sorry, the liberal side of of this debate. It's an ongoing debate that has been on for several years, several centuries, um, and several decades. Pro-choice simply means it's the belief that a pregnant woman has the right of choice in deciding what to do with her body, and more importantly, the fetus in her body so it it simply says that she has the right of choice she can choose what to do with her body if she chooses to if she chooses to keep the fetus that's right for her that's great if she chooses not to keep it it's also fine because she has the right of choice she has the right to choose the second side of the debate is pro-life pro-life and that's the conservative angle. Pro-life. Uh, it's the conser- the conservative side. It's the belief system that values the life of the growing fetus over the choice of the woman to terminate it. And, and the choice is sometimes called um, selfish murder. So this one has to do with the life of the fetus. The focus is not on the woman. It's it's on the fetus. It, it's It's places a priority of the life growing in the woman over the choice of the woman to terminate Uh, people on this side of the scale call it call abortion they call it selfish murder right um, but let me give you some reasons why people would be pro-choice now i don't know what side of the scale you are on as you're listening right now maybe you have been of course the woman has rights to her body uh, or maybe you're like no how dare you say that what about the baby it's a human Whatever side you're on, I want to just help you see what the the two sides say and help bring you to a place where you decide based on what the scriptures also uh, posit to us. So pro-choice, this is what it is. Um, This is what some woman rights arguments in favor of abortion say. Um, They say things like women have a moral right to decide what to do with their bodies um, the rights to abortion is vital for gender equality because if a woman can choose um, or a man can decide what he can do with his body, a woman should be able to decide what she does with her body. It helps gender equality. The right to abortion is vital for individual women to achieve their full potential. This is something that they actually say that the rights to abortion is vital for women to achieve their full potential. Um, they say banning abortions puts women at risk by forcing them to use illegal abortionists, um, also called backdoor or, or, or back alley abortionists, right? The, the unsafe types. Um, and they say a whole lot of other things, right? So, but we need to ask the question, and I hope you're still with me. When does life actually begin? We have to ask that question and give an answer to it when does life actually begin so what i'm going to do is i'm going to i'm going to use some research um some some notable uh, sources uh, from philosophers from religious folks from scientists so that we can come to a conclusion of when life actually starts okay um let us look at it let's look at it. Um, the first person or the first people are um, Hippocrates and Pythagoreans. Um, these are the movements of philosophers right uh, Hippocrates and Pythagoreans. they state that fertilization marked the beginning of a human life and that the human soul was created at the time of fertilization. Um, according to hinduist tradition more specific the Vedic literature um, that's that's just hinduistic belief they state that the soul enters the body at conception conception is also known as fertilization then the jewish talmud uh, jewish talmud the jewish writings and authorities they hold that um all life is precious, right? And they say uh, a fetus is not a person um, when it comes to, in the sense of termination of a pregnancy, being considered murder. Um, but they believe that if a woman's life is endage, endangered by pregnancy, an abortion is permitted, right? They, they, they say that as well. Then we have scientists. Um, I'll name, let me see the one that I'm going to name first. Um, yeah, so Marjorie A, who was well, a scholar in England, uh, mentioned that development of the embryo begins at stage one when a sperm fertilizes an o- oocyte and together they form a zygote. Um, I know this sounds a lot, but just follow with me. Um, Keith, who wrote Essentials of Human Embryology, uh, a scientist, a biologist as well, says that human development begins after the union of male and female gametes or germ cells um, during a process known as fertilization or conception. Um, another source says that uh, the development of a human being begins with fertilization. That's medical embryology, right? right? And, and that gives rise to a new organism. So, the scientists basically um, concluded, especially those in the 20th century, uh, concluded on the fact that once there is a union between the male and female gametes, the, 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 the sperm and the ovum, as I explained earlier, that's the formation of a new, unique organism, an organism that has living cells. You know, the, the the fertilized egg has living cells, as after those two weeks, it even develops to having more visible organs. Right, after a while, you start to have it starts to have a heartbeat, the brain starts to develop, the limbs start to form. Um, when it starts to become a fetus, and as it grows and it grows, it it starts to take the form of a human baby. And all of them have come to that conclusion that truly, indeed, life started when this, this two cells, the male and female cells, came together to become one entity. Life started. There was a new organism formed. The, the zero to two weeks um, um, child is called the, the germinal stage. The embryonic stage, which is the third to eighth week, when the embryo is being formed the 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 midbrain is there is present the hindbrain is present the forebrain is present there is a connection um, between the uh, i forget what it's, the umbilical cord yes it's it's formed during that time then you have the the fetal stage the, the brain is as uh, the, the the parts of the brain are fused together, the heart beats, the lungs form, the bones start to take shape within the, the baby, right? So this, I mean, right now, uh, the the greatest minds, the, the, the greatest biologists have come to the conclusion that truly at the point of conception, at the point of fertilization, a baby is a, that, that um, organism in the womb is actually a living being a living human and by the definition of a human child it's simply the offspring of opposite sex humans the offspring whether it's in zero weeks or is in three weeks or it's in nine weeks it is in fact a human baby but i mean this still might not be enough for people right uh there there's still some, some cases. Okay, fine, yes. The baby you, you say the baby is alive, you say that the child is living, but, but what about a situation like this? Imagine Cynthia was raped one night at a drinking party by some of her course mates, and the very thought of the event scar her so badly, she gets pregnant, and she she doesn't need a reminder of this tragedy, which is in the form of the baby that she's going to have. What is she, what should she do? She was raped. Do you expect, do you really expect Cynthia to keep this baby? Do you really expect that she would give birth to this baby that will remind her of the tragic and and, and hurtful events of that night? You really want her to go ahead with it and ruin her life? You want her to go ahead to hate this child for the rest of her life? No, absolutely not. No, Cynthia. No, aborting this baby. You have to abort this baby, or maybe it's Kudirat, and and Kudirat had her distant cousin come over to visit, and and when the folks went out for the weekend, they had a small party, but you know at some point they got drunk, and they got aroused and made a mistake. They had sex. Now she's pregnant by her cousin, her distant cousin. What should she do? It doesn't mean. Do you expect Kudirat to show her face in public? Not just that she's pregnant. If she were just pregnant by her boyfriend, well, we can we can say these things happen. Silly child, don't do it again. But it's her cousin. My goodness. Even even if the shame for just having incest is not enough studies have shown that when you when you commit incest the child from incest usually develops a lot of medical conditions for example Down syndrome and the likes how dare you put Coderat in this position she has to make that choice she has to abort this baby or maybe Ada she gets pregnant from a careless moment with her boyfriend she's an SS1 She's in SS1, 9th grade or is it 10th grade? And she's always dreamed to be a professional lawyer. She's always she's watched all the series suits, how to get away with murder, law and order. She's watched all of them. She wants to be a lawyer. But now she's pregnant and her entire future and career hang on the line because Of this growing baby in her womb. What do you expect her to do? you want her to give up on her dreams? Do you know how many people she's going to save and help being a lawyer? If you're going to throw that away. You want her to throw all that away because of a baby. From a reckless, careless moment with her boyfriend. No, how dare you? How dare you say that? Or maybe there's a family of five. And they are struggling so hard to make ends meet. They are drowning in debt, and maybe they just the, the parents don't believe in contraceptives, you know. And, and in one moment they they slipped up, and and they had a sixth child on the way. They have a sixth child coming on the way. But at this point they're so deep in debt, they can't fend for themselves. Now there's another one coming on the way. How would they? How would they even survive? Can they just? Now that they've identified the problem, is this child coming in the way? Can't they just nip it in the bud before it grows even more? Why can't they just abort the baby? No one has to know. Guys, these are the questions and the fact these are the reasons a lot of people consider the idea of abortion. These are the reasons why people will justify the termination of a pregnancy. This is why. So, guys, look, we have a responsibility first of all to identify that people are going through situations, people have issues, especially people that are pregnant on what, when they when they have unwanted pregnancies. You have to consider what are they going through. I feel the church to a large extent has been a place people run away from when they have such problems. Because, of course, the expectation is you're pregnant, you're not married. Hmm, sinner. Hmm, you're a whore. You're a prostitute. And it's like name-calling. There's a social stigma that follows because the church has not been a safe haven for people like this who make mistakes. The reason why this is scandalous is because it's related to sex. That's why. Why? If, if someone, if, if a pastor lies and says, oh, that, you know, instead of having 500,000 in his account, you know, he said he had 5 million, you know, that wouldn't really make the headlines. He, he, oh, he lied. Well, everybody does that. But if the pastor, by mistake, should have an affair with someone that is not his wife, oh, would that make the news? Absolutely. Because sex... And its consequences are very scandalous. And so also is pregnancy. Especially when it is unwanted or it's it's out of wedlock. And that's why we ourselves need to start the change. We need to start the change. We need to embrace people that have made these mistakes. We need to embrace people who have made the wrong choices and are now having to deal with even bigger consequences we need to be a safe space for them why can't the church have programs tailored to these people who are who have unwanted pregnancies and are considering abortion why can not the church stand to help them now you might say oh why 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 would you consider abortion why not just you know have the child and 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 give the child up for adoption but it's not as easy as you think as much as a mother would want to abort the baby by the time she 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 decides okay i'll just give this child for up for adoption and she develops such an attachment to the child and has the child and sees how the child is that's not as easy to do so when we're dealing with this matters, they're really sensitive. These are things that we need to not just have logical answers for. We need to also come from an emotional vantage point. But I want to do something. I want to run through some, some things that are said by a lot of people concerning abortion and, and some wise answers that you can give. I really feel that this will help. You need to pay attention here. It's going to help you a lot because... It gives you, it's going to give you some insight on how to handle these questions. And then we just conclude on what the Bible says about abortion. Are you ready for that? Great. So look, this is the first, this is the first one. It's my body. I have the right to choose. So we're talking about people who are pro-choice. It's my body. I have the right to choose. How do you respond to someone like this? Let's say you have identified and empathized with them, but you want to give them answers. How do you respond? This is how you respond. Abortion literally kills an innocent human being. And that innocent human being is distinct from its mother. A mother has no more right to kill her unborn child than she does her born child. If we can agree that that fetus growing in your womb is actually a living child what makes you think you have the right to kill that child just because it's in the womb versus your other child who is born if she has another child so the moment conception happened the mother is carrying a genetically unique human being who is not her body the child is not her body it's a separate entity a separate life and i dare say an innocent one so a mother cannot morally take you know even her own life much less her baby's life are you following me morally it's not acceptable to take even your own life not to talk of someone else's do you understand what i'm saying so just think about this does a father have the right to kill his child just because he lives in his father's house right can a father just have the right oh because you're in my house i can kill you you are in my house i can do whatever i want with you if he has the right then we can say of course mothers have the right as well so neither does a mother have the right to kill her baby just because the baby lives in the mother's womb are you following guys Um, There there was a famous statement um, that Abraham, Abraham Lincoln said. He said, during the time of slavery, he said, we never have the right to do wrong. We never have the right to do wrong. So if they tell you, it's my body, I have the right to choose. You tell them, that baby that you think you have the right to is not your life. It's separate from your body. It's different from you distinct from you and you have no right to kill the baby just because it's inside of you Praise the Lord. I hope that makes sense Number two you hear statements like this You know the fetus is just a clump of cells a glob of tissue. It's not really anything. It's just a clump of cells This is how you respond. So these are people that try to tell you the baby is it's not even a baby It's not alive. It's just cells. It's just cells that are modeled together this is how you respond. Even when it is a single fertilized cell, the fetus already has its own life principle and its own genetic makeup. It's, it's already having the, the basic principles of life in operation. It has its own unique genetic makeup. Right? This is it. See, th- this tiny clump of cells is, is a uniquely distinct individual. And with the, as time passes and with nutrition, will develop into a mature human being. You know, you have to, if I put it this way, the only significant difference between a fetus and a 50-year-old is a few years and meals. That's what it is, a few years and nutrition. But just because the baby is small doesn't mean that it's not a human being. What else could the offspring of two human beings be called? Are you following, guys? So, such a person cannot just say it's not a living thing. It's just a clump of cells. No, it's more than that. It's a living thing. A living person. Praise the Lord. Another thing you're going to hear. Number three. An unborn baby can't reason or interact with people. Therefore, it's not really a person so we can kill it. An unborn baby can't reason or interact with people. Therefore, it's not really a person, so we can kill it. And people use this argument to say that, see, if the baby can't reason or talk with people, then it's not really a person, right? We, we can kill it. But what about children who are born with mental impairments that leaves them without, you know, the reason or, or the ability to interact with others? You, you know, some mental issues and impairments that, that affect children. And that they can't even relate to people. For example, very extreme cases of ADHD or autism or just some of those things. Are you saying that those people should be killed? What about people who go into comas? They can't reason. They can't interact with people. Are you saying people in comas should be killed? Do you understand? So... It also applies to people who are unconscious or fast asleep. In those phases, they can't reason or interact with people. Doesn't mean we should kill them. Even a newborn baby can't reason, can't talk and speak as, as, as you'd expect. Does that mean we have the right to kill them? So there is really no justification to use this argument uh, you know, to, to, to give abortion a go-ahead. Absolutely not. So that's one way to answer it, to say that, to give other cases of people who can't reason or even interact with people uh, and give them the reason as to why they shouldn't go ahead to kill um, a baby because of that. Number four, here's another argument. A fetus is human when it can live on its own outside the mother's womb. So people say, you know, it's only human. The fetus is only human when it can live on its own and outside the mother's womb question how many two-year-olds can live on their own without food and care from their parents how many even as adults we depend on others to keep us alive but we are still human if if being dependent means not being human it means that toddlers handicapped people Injured people, sick people who need the help of others, even the elderly, should all be killed on demand. If you are talking about dependence, being able to sorry independence, being able to live on your own, you know, that's a reason for you being human. Then, I mean, we should just kill all these people I mentioned. So there is no justification to kill people based to kill a fetus based on this on this fact. Number five. I hope you're paying attention. Number five. People say abortion is legal. So what's your issue? Why abortion? The country has said abortion is legal. What's your issue? Of course, um, abortion is mainly legal in developed nations like the US, the UK, um, and and yeah, there's just that freedom to go ahead to do it. And people say abortion is legal. So of course. If the country approves it, who are you to disapprove? My answer to that would be, just because abortion is legal, it's meaningless to this conversation. Did you know that in Nazi Germany, Nazi Germany that's under the rule of Adolf Hitler, who was known to have killed over 6 million Jews, Arabic people, and and blacks based on his um, extreme racial prejudice... um, it was actually legal to kill Jews in, in Germany. Did you know? It was legalized, literally. So that's why the, the Nazis had the right. They could see a Jew and kill you on the spot. It was legal. The only thing that legalised like legalization of abortion indicates is, is just how far we've sunk morally, really. Look at that. See, even slavery was legal. At some point in the United States. So it means something can be legal. And still be wrong. Morally. Everyone who looked at the happenings of the Nazis. Of what they did to the Jews. Even the Jews themselves. Could obviously tell that this was wrong. But it was legal. In the country. Under their constitution. Slavery was legal. Slavery was legal. Does it mean it was right? Of course not. So this is a very weak argument. Another argument, number six. People say, you see, if, if abortion becomes illegal, it will still go on in the back alleys. If it becomes illegal, people will still go on to do it, but they'll do it in, in back alleys the wrong way. And yes, that's 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 a point, right? If you if, if you make it illegal, people will start looking for other uh, alternatives. Yes, abortion will continue but if we use the case of rape rape is illegal but despite the laws against it should it no longer be a crime rape still goes on behind the scenes right should should we now say oh because um rape you know you know we rape is illegal and you know it should it should not be termed um a crime anymore because of the laws against it no so because abortion is illegal if abortion becomes illegal and people go on to do it it's just what is going to happen it's not a reason to make it legal it's not reason enough to say abortion should be legal if that's the case then it, because rape still happens behind the scenes then we should also make rape legal as well so people don't have to do it behind the scenes so they can actually we can even the government can even provide hotels for people to ha- to rape victims Right, that's the same logic. It doesn't mean abortion is not a, shouldn't be a crime or shouldn't be considered something morally, um, morally downright. I was going to say upright, but it's it's not. It's morally downright if that exists. <laughs> number seven. Look at this. Number seven. People say you can't legislate morality. Um, what, what this means is you because you have a, a preference of what is right and wrong you can't make it into a law you can't legislate it so because you are saying you know abortion is killing a child you can't now say oh we should legislate that and make it a crime but the truth is we actually legislate morality all the time this is my answer we legislate morality all the time We have laws against slavery now. We have laws against rape, incest, theft, murder, drunk driving, child abuse. Because these things are immoral. Intrinsically, you know that these things are wrong. No one believes that we should be allowed to to practice child abuse in the privacy of our homes. Are you following me? We we, we pass these kinds of laws to keep horrible people from doing horrible things and abortion is horribly wrong and our laws should say so are you following me if we've if we, we've been able to create laws against some social vices and some morally and uh, some immoral actions we've put laws in place to make sure that these things don't happen then why why hasn't that been done for abortion number eight and we're almost done with this number eight um Look at this. Some people will say, I'm personally... Now, you have some people who would listen to you and say, okay, see, I'm personally opposed to abortion. Mio, Mio, I don't like abortion. Abortion should not happen. But I can't start telling other people what to do with their lives, what to do with their bodies. Here's your answer. Abortion is not an issue on which you can remain neutral. It's either abortion is... Horrible murder—that means killing an innocent human life—or harmless medicine, like just removing a pimple or a mole from your face, right? But if it's murder, then you cannot allow it to continue. Now, imagine you are walking down the street. Just listen to this: imagine you are walking down the street, and you looked up and you saw a woman about to drop her three-month-old baby from a from a second-story window. Would you turn away and say, well, I wouldn't do that. But if I had a child, I wouldn't throw my baby like that. But I mean, I don't want to interfere. After all, it's her decision. It's because people haven't linked the two together. They haven't linked murder with abortion. And I feel a lot of people are so quick to say, oh, there's really no life in this baby. Why would you do that? Imagine there was a burning building. And there were people in... You suspect there were people in the building. You won't just you know, just walk away with the fire. I don't think, I don't feel there's life there. You would make sure that, that everybody in that place is saved, that, that the fire doesn't burn anyone. You would make sure. That's the same way. We you, you don't just take human life with levity. If it is murder, then you can't be neutral about it. It's like that example, seeing someone carrying a baby from a story st- story building about to throw the baby. And you just look and say, ah, it's her baby. She can do whatever she wants. No, you would instinctively rise to the occasion. And so that's why we can't be silent about issues like this. Number nine. Some people will say, I'm opposed to late term abortions. But I think we should allow abortions in the first trimester. That's the first 12 weeks of the pregnancy so some people say you know what i don't like those late those late term ones of course at that time maybe the baby is is older you know and you know it might be even more complicated at that time so but i feel they should be allowed the first trimester but the truth is the answer to this is that every argument every argument that is used to justify early abortions every argument that is used to justify early abortions can be used to justify late abortions as well, right? Whether it's, it's you know, a, a 12-week fetus compared to a 20-week fetus, why, why can we think we can kill one at the early stage and not kill the other? It, it just doesn't work, right? There's no justification for it. So, now, number 10. Are you still following me? Can you still hear me? If you can, please let me know. Number 10. Some people, now this is back to some of those difficult scenarios I gave you earlier. Some people will say, we must make exceptions for rape and incest. Rape and incest indeed are hideous crimes, right? I think everyone can agree on that. And people who commit them should be punished people who commit this thing should be punished nevertheless a baby that results from rape or incest is an innocent human being a baby that results from rape or incest is an innocent human being with the same right to life as everyone else two wrongs don't make a right that's where we can put that saying There was a problem, there was a wrong done, which was rape. Why are you using another wrong to make things right by killing this baby? Why should we add to the crime of murder to these other crimes? Do we kill a child for the sins of his father? See, killing an innocent human being will never be justifiable. The baby is not at fault the person who did, the, 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 the person who, the perpetrator is the person who is guilty and should be punished, not the baby. In cases of rape or incest, many times you would advise this person to, to keep the baby. They have to keep the baby. It, it's sad. It might be a painful process, but look, I promise you they will heal. They will get better. They need, after... You know, this is this is what I would recommend the the, the, the the mother who maybe was raped should keep the baby, have the baby and if you have to separate the baby from the mother for a while, you know, just so that she can stay have some sanity and heal during that process. And and and, and this involves a lot of counselling or therapy and, and prayers as well. And that's why the church can be a vital tool to curbing the, the rate at which abortions are being done. Because we can give, imagine what, you, what good you can do to a mother like that. You offer support, moral support, emotional support, spiritual support, and help the mother forgive. If, if the issue is, uh, every time I look at this child, I will always remember that incident and I will feel terrible, and I can't help myself, I will go insane, then that means that mother has not healed. Because even aside the baby, this woman, even if she she aborts the baby, guess what? She's still going to feel the effects of the rape incidents. She's still going to have the, the after effects of it. She's still going to remember. She's still going to feel the trauma that happened. So what needs to happen is true healing. That even when she remembers the event, it's not one of bitterness. It's not one of regret. It's not one of trauma or depression. But one of thanksgiving that she's healed from that event. Are you following me, guys? So healing is not just about killing. The healing she needs is not killing. Killing the baby. It's really leaving that... that That space of trauma, really giving herself time, the attention, the counseling she needs so that she remembers the event. If she remembers the event, of course she'll remember, but remember it from a different point where she has forgiven the perpetrator, where she has moved on with her life, where she's happy and satisfied. Are you following to remind her that she's still worthy, that she'll still find a good man, that there's still good men out there. Do you understand? So these are the things that we should be responsible for as a church. We should be responsible. Praise the Lord. I hope you're following what I'm saying. So that's how I respond to the issue of rape and incest. Number 11. I'm rounding off pretty soon. Number 11. People would say, well, it's better an aborted child than an unwanted baby. It's better we we abort the child than than you have the baby and not want the baby. That's what people say. I'd rather abort the baby than not want this baby. That every time I look at the baby, I regret having this baby. But this is how I respond. Once we decide that we can kill a baby because he is unwanted, we are applying the same logic Adolf Hitler used to kill unwanted retarded children and undesirable races like the Jews so it's no news that it's no news that in the time of Adolf Hitler um, children who are considered to be retarded or mentally ill um, retarded is not the right politically correct term but you, you'd say those who are mentally ill mentally impaired He actually got them killed. If you read the history books, he got them killed and then of course killed people because they were unwanted. Anything that was undesirable and unwanted, Adolf Hitler made sure to do away with them. It means you are applying the same logic that Adolf Hitler had, that if you don't want a baby, the solution to not wanting a baby is to kill the baby. Why? The truth is no unborn baby is unwanted. No single unborn baby is unwanted God who who gave them this life. He wants them. He gave them life and he wants them. He has a plan for them. He wants them to know him, to love him. And besides, these unborn babies, if they are not wanted by you, guess what? They are wanted by thousands of couples that are longing to adopt. And I think a lot of people don't understand the privilege of being able to conceive a child. There are a lot of people who have... And trust me, some of these people are some of the best people in the world. Who are really waiting to have a child. They've been patient. They've been trying. They couldn't. And you had a child. But you want to end the child. Why? A lot of families would love to have that child. So abortion is never the solution to... An unwanted baby. Right? Look at this. Another thing people would say, number 12, is I couldn't give my child away for someone else to raise. I I, I, I just don't think I can give my child away for someone else to raise. You say I should give the child up for adoption, but I can't do that. But still, you want to abort the baby. My answer to them is a child is not a possession to control, but a person to love unconditionally. Well, what kind of mother would rather kill her baby than give the baby a second chance to be happy with an adoptive family? Do you understand? It's the height of selfishness to say, if I can't have my child, no one will. So I will kill the child. It's similar to what happened with King Solomon. Do you remember the story in First Kings 3? I think from verse 16 to 27. Um, you know, Solomon was able to tell who the true loving mother was. The one who was willing to give up the child so that the child will live even if the child was going to be raised by someone else. So a true loving person would not be so selfish that they would rather kill a child than give a child for adoption to to have someone that that would love them unconditionally. Do you understand what I'm saying? Glory to God. That's it. So that's beautiful. Another point, number 13 is that people will say but abortion is actually health care abortion is literally health care according to the constitution but when you think about it my response to that would be what really is health care health care should be giving you all you need to function properly as a human being and in fact one's vital sign that a person is very healthy is that they are able to bear children but if health care is being is is impeding on your ability to function the right way you should in, in taking the life of a child whereas health healthcare care is meant to allow you have children then abortion cannot be called health care health care is meant to help you f- live the fullest potential of your your ability as a human being as a male or as a female and if being female it means you you you, you should have the uh, the ability to conceive and bear children then healthcare um abortion rather is not healthcare because abortion aims to stifle that process to stop that process you know whereas someone who's able to bear children should be considered as healthy so abortion is not healthcare So I've given you a lot of reasons and a lot of ways to respond to people that say these things. And I hope you remember these things because they're going to help. But let's end on this note. What does the Bible say about abortion? It seems like, of course, the Bible didn't talk about thou shall not abort. But let's see what the Bible has to do with children. What the Bible has to say about children in the womb and and the value of life. Jeremiah 1 verse 4 to 5 jeremiah 1 4 to 5 it says now the word of the lord came to me saying before i formed you in the womb i knew you and before you were born i consecrated you i appointed you a prophet to the nations this was a word to jeremiah specifically saying that before i formed you so you see that there is the involvement of god in the formation of a child in the womb there is a foreknowledge of God of the child even in the womb before Jeremiah was born God knew him now the, his appointment as a prophet is specific to him it doesn't mean every child is a prophet to the nations but it just shows that every child is known by God and is valued as such valued as a human valued as a person Isaiah chapter 49 verse 1 I'll read the second part of verse 1 Isaiah chapter 49, verse 1. Look at what it says. The Lord called me from the womb. From the body of my mother, he named my name. Look at that. From the body of my mother, he named my name. Called me from the womb. Can't you see that? That's beautiful. Psalm 139 from verse 13 to 16. I'm going to read this one very quickly. Psalm 139. From verse 13 to 16. It says. You know this one. I'm sure you've heard it before. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. Look at that. It sounds so poetic. But that's God's intentionality about every single one of us. When you think of the formation of a baby. In fact it gets doctors and and medical scientists so bewildered. The formation. How everything. How the process informs think about it DNA informs how the cells develop how the bones form the color of the skin the texture of the hair the color of the eyes and all this is just happening by itself with the passing of time when you think about it there's no process really that when it's not supervised or managed with the passing of time that it gets better truth is when you leave things when you leave an apple for a few seconds it starts to turn brown when you leave a product over time it expires things just naturally move from a place of, of of being okay to to a point of expiration but not in the formation of a child the formation of a child starts and with time it gets better more developed it tells you that something or even someone is orchestrating that process and that's why david says you Formed my inward, inward parts you knitted me together in my mother's womb verse 14 I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made wonderful are your works my soul knows it well then he continues in verse 15 my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret intricately woven look at what he's saying intricately woven in the depths of the earth your, your eyes saw my unformed substance In your books were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Look at that. That is so beautiful. You see God's knowledge and foreknowledge of us. You see how he was involved in that process. That tells you that there was life. There was a human being in the formation in the womb. There is a human being, a human living thing in the the womb of uh, a woman when she's pregnant. Another thing to consider is is the motivation. You know, First Corinthians sixteen fourteen says this: "Let all that you do be done in love." First Corinthians sixteen fourteen: "Let all that you do be done in love." That's the motivation behind every action. It should be done in love. First John four eight says: "Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love." So, if 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 you're going to take any action it must be done out of love look at Philippians 2 verse 3 to 4 see what it says that's Philippians 2 verse 3 to 4 let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit but in loneliness of mind let each esteem others better than themselves let each of you look out not only for his own interest or not only for her own interests but for the interests of others. When you talk about abortion, like the pro-life people call it selfish murder, it's you thinking more about yourself, more about your status, thinking about more about your own mental health, thinking about your own status and, and, and place in society rather than the well-being of the child in the womb. But Philippians 2 tells us to put the interests of others before we think about ourselves. And lastly, there's a... there's An order that has been given when it comes to killing. In Exodus chapter 20 from verse 13. You shall not murder. Thou shall not commit murder. If you terminate a pregnancy. It means the life of the unborn child in the womb is terminated. And the termination of life simply is murder. Especially when it's done intentionally. It's called murder and so these are the reasons why abortion i find is not just logically wrong but morally wrong it's it's wrong on every level now there are some ex- there are some great even gray areas where we talk about medical complications where the doctor has to you know, we we'll give you the option: Do we save the mother? Do we save the child? As a believer, now you, you of course would see that there are medical options here. If we save the child, the mother might die. If we save the mother, the child might die. But as a believer, remember, you're not handicapped. You have a God that cares about you and your family. Your first response should not just sit down logically and medically, but also think spiritually. Think from the eyes and the lens of faith. Think that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think. Remember that you have God on your side. The same God who is involved in the formation of the child can be involved in the salvation of the child. In saving both child and mother through that process. And I have heard several testimonies, personal testimonies. Even one of a very close family member of mine of cases where there were complications and they were given the option, who do we save? And the response was, I trust God to save. Now, while you want to say, I want to prioritize the mother because she's been the one I've been with for several years and we can always have more children, um, at the end of the day, why settle for less when God can save both? That's what I can say. So what side are you on? Are you pro-choice or are you pro-life? Would you rather feel... The, the need to give the right to choose to end a life or give people the right to preserve the life of the unborn child, regardless of the situation. Guys, we're in a position where we can help people, where we can have people who make these mistakes in, in cases of unwanted pregnancies to feel at home with us and, and, and organize those programs, organize those periods of time where we help them through those times to make the best decisions. Because the truth is, when you commit abortion, if you have a conscience, you're not going to, you're not going to forget what you've done. If you know the implications of ending a life, what they are, there's no way you're going to live with that. And so, why not just be patient in the process and heal through the process? Have the child, think of, of alternatives. By the end of the day, there is no justifiable reason why anyone should end the life. Of a child I hope that you've learned something from this I want you to just pray right now and I want you to just pray for people first of all for people out there who are confused people who don't know what to do at this point people who might be in this situation or they have family or friends in this situation the Lord help them Lord reach out to them help them see that abortion should never be the final option Help them to see that there's always a better way. Help them to see that there is there is there is healing beyond now. Help them to see that abortion doesn't heal, that killing doesn't heal, that killing is not healing. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, visit every heart, mend every broken heart. Give them the strength through these times. Come on, pray right now. Just pray. Your prayer will count for someone. If you know someone particularly or specifically, pray for them too. Thank you, Jesus. And as you're praying, pray for yourself. Pray that the Lord will use you to help people. That wherever you're found, wherever this issue is raised, you will not be silent about it, but you prefer, you prefer solutions. You'll prefer godly solutions. you prefer righteous solutions in the name of Jesus. You will not be neutral. You will not be indifferent about it matters like this but you rise to the occasion and stand for the truth in the name of jesus you will not be silent you will not be quiet you'll be audacious you will be fearless even when others say otherwise even when they put you on the spot and say you're only just you know it's just hate speech you will stand for the truth no matter what You will help people out of their toughest times because you have the answers for them. Come on, pray like you mean it. Pray like you know God will use you to change lives. Pray like you know God will use you to help people. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And so, precious Father in heaven, we thank you for this time we have spent, for the moments we've We've spent studying your word, learning the truths that are in it. Thank you, because we do have the right answers for this world. For those who are asking questions, we can answer them. We can give them a reason for our hope. Thank you, Jesus, for that privilege. We pray through this, many lives will be changed. We pray that your church across the world will be more accommodating to people like this people who have messed up, people who are confused, people who need direction and guidance, that Lord will be sensitive to their needs, that we will put aside judgmentalism and bring in your, your compassion into the, into the equation. Thank you, Father, for answered prayers. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you all for joining this study we had this evening. I couldn't have done it without you, literally, because I needed you to be here. (laughs) But I'm so glad that we went through with this. And I really hope you've learned a thing or two. And you can apply them in the conversation you have with people on this matter. I am super confident that this has been a blessing to you. Keep praying with it and let these words drive you to action to live in the fullness of the will of god for your life stick around for more god bless you i love you